We read scripture this morning from 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. We have here the ministry of Elisha. And we're going to look specifically at three different miracles that Elisha performed by the power of God's grace during this time period that reflect on and give us instruction with regard to the petition, give us this day our daily bread. We see here God's provision of need. We're going to read just the first seven verses of chapter 4 and then we'll jump to the end of the chapter and read verses 38 to 44. So we hear the inspired word of God as it's found in 2 Kings chapter 4. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon him her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out and it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son bring me yet a vessel and he said unto her there is not a vessel more and the oil stayed then she came and told the man of God and he said go sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest yeah, then we jump to verse 38 of this same chapter. Verse 38, And Elisha came again to Gilgal, and there was a dearth in the land, and the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. And he said unto his servant, Set on the great pot, and seethe porridge for the sons of the prophets. And one went out into the field to gather herbs, and found a wild vine and gathered thereof wild gourds in his lap, full, and came and shred them into the pot of pottage, for they knew them not. So they poured out for the men to eat. And it came to pass, as they were eating of the pottage, that they cried out and said, O thou man of God, there is death in the pot. And they could not eat thereof. But he said, Then bring meal. And he cast it into the pot. And he said, Pour out for the people that they may eat. And there was no harm in the pot. And there came a man from Baal Shalisha and brought the man of God bread of the first fruits, twenty loaves of barley, and full ears of corn in the husk thereof. And he said, Give unto the people that they may eat. And his servitor said, What? Should I set this before an hundred men? He said again, Give the people that they may eat. For thus saith the Lord, they shall eat and shall leave thereof. So he set it before them, and they did eat and left thereof, according to the word of the Lord. 
We read that far. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, it is God's will to give us food and to bless that food for the strengthening of our body and the pursuit of God's will. God made that known already in the Old Testament. God gave his people sufficient and abundant food, and he even did so through miracles and wonders, as we note here in 2 Kings chapter 4. These miracles were instances of God providing food for certain of his people. He provided food for the widows. He provided food for the prophets, for the sons of the prophets. But also, in general, God was seeing to it that his people had provision for their daily need. What's on the foreground here is God's faithfulness. God is faithful. God cares for his children, and God satisfies their every need. God wills to feed and to bless his covenant people. On the basis of that promise of God, that God wills to feed and to bless his people, we pray this petition, give us this day our daily bread. This is the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray on the basis of that promise of God, that God will supply your every need. That promise of God to supply our every need doesn't lead us to say, oh, then we don't need to worry about it, we don't need to work, we don't need to pray, we don't need to do anything. No, that promise makes us bold, makes us confident to come into the presence of God with our request. God will give us what we need. We pray this petition with this in mind. We desire to do God's will. We desire that God's name be hallowed. We desire to be faithful citizens of God's kingdom. We can't do that without having our needs met. And so we pray that God will meet our needs so that we can be busy now in this work to which we're called. As citizens of his kingdom, pursuing his will and giving glory and honor to his name. We pray this petition then so that God can be hallowed. His kingdom come and his will be done in and through our lives. There have been some who are critical of this petition, trying to minimize its physical application, saying when we're praying for bread, we're really praying for spiritual things. We understand daily bread here to refer to all of our daily needs, everything that we have need of as we walk down life's pathway. And those needs must be met so that we can, in thankfulness, pursue God and pursue his will. It's with that spirit that we pray for our daily bread. And we take that as our theme, prayer for daily bread, noting our great need, our total dependence upon God. And finally, that we are confident of being heard. Be pleased to provide us with all things necessary for the body. That's the Heidelberg Catechism in Lord's Day 50. We find that in the back of our Psalter, Lord's Day 50, question and answer 125. Which is the fourth petition? Give us this day our daily bread. That is, be pleased to provide us with all things necessary for the body that we may thereby acknowledge thee to be the only fountain of all good, and that neither our care nor industry nor even thy gifts can profit us without thy blessing. 
and therefore that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it alone in thee. Tragically, we're not always conscious of our great need. We often speak this petition completely forgetting how important the prayer is and how dependent we are on God. And often that's because of the fact that we have so much and then we are inclined to take what we have for granted. Jesus sets forth in the Lord's Prayer just seven brief words that get at our complete dependence upon God. Give us this day our daily bread. And that's humiliating if we would think about it. If we think of the fact that this is all we need. Jesus says, you don't need to pray for anything more. Just pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Humiliating, that is, because wars have been waged over human necessities. Books, lengthy articles are written over the question of bread and what the needs of men and women are. Human life revolves around so much this question. And to a large extent, we're preoccupied with it. If we just think about how much time do we spend getting ready to eat and eating? How much time do we spend clothing ourselves, picking out clothes, purchasing clothes? How much time do we spend in our homes making sure that our homes are able to provide for us and able to keep us and provide that shelter that we need? So much of our time is consumed with this and yet Jesus says, this is how simple it is. All you need is daily bread. Again, humbling. The focus of our lives, so preoccupied at times with these things, when what we ought focus on is just simply that which is necessary for our lives here below. And so we understand this prayer for bread is figurative, referring to everything that we need for our earthly life here below. We need food, we need drink, we need clothing, we need home, shelter, whatever is necessary to heat or to cool those shelters. We need medicine to live with, especially in connection with certain diseases we may have. We need the money to pay for and to purchase those medicines. These are all things that we need. All the different miracles that we have conveyed here in 2 Kings 4 deal with the sustaining of human life. And they're remarkable in that while in the Bible... We have all miracles, many miracles pertaining to the sustaining of life. How often is there anything other than food? We have the reference, for instance, among the Israelites in their journey that their clothes never wore out and God made it so that their clothes, in essence, grew with them. So that we have reference to clothes. But otherwise, the miracles that we're here in this chapter and miracles that we find through the scriptures primarily focus on food. That's the most basic need for the child of God in the midst of this world. And again, here's what's humbling. The food that we need is not very much. This day, what's necessary? Not much in quantity as in terms of abundance. Not much in quality. Not much as pertains to perhaps diversity. While we have wants... Our need is very simple and very small. We just need that which is necessary to sustain our earthly life day by day. And it's for that that we pray. Give us this day our daily 
bread. It's important that we keep in mind that need. And we keep in mind also how great our need is and how dependent we are upon God for it. Again, in the midst of prosperity, so easy it is for us to lose sight of that humble dependence upon God. The day in which we live is such that we want something, we get it. We think, I need that. I need the newest gadget, the newest iPhone, the newest style, the newest decoration, whatever novelty it may come. With regard to food and drink, we think, I need that. Whereas God simply says, no. All these things that you think you need, what's necessary is what's sufficient for body. And God characterizes much of that as luxury. He says, no, you want those, but you don't need them day by day. All you need day by day is just a little bread, a little water, that which is sufficient in order to provide for your needs. Now that's humbling also in this sense that we can't get that ourselves so easily. Now again, in the day in which we live, we're used to getting everything that we want and need. But this petition teaches us just how dependent, utterly dependent we are on God. We say, but we can just go out to our garden. We could grow a garden and we could get food. But if God doesn't give rain, there's not going to be anything in that garden. If God doesn't provide for us, we will have nothing. We can say, but I've, we've got pigs, we've got chickens. God can send in a moment a disease that wipes out all the chickens, kills all the pigs. We are completely dependent upon God. In a moment, our jobs can be taken from us. God is able to send hardship and economic disaster that would wipe out our day-to-day existence so that God teaches us, you need me and you are entirely dependent upon me and you need to pray this petition daily in the consciousness of just how dependent you are upon me. Why do we need bread? Not just to stay alive, Our God is not our belly, even though we're quickly willing and we quickly make our belly our God. We don't need food for our sake. And that's the point of the petition and the point of Scripture. We need food to glorify God. As thankful children of our Heavenly Father, we want to show forth His praise. We delight in Him. We desire to serve Him and to worship Him and to glorify Him. And therefore, we eat so that we can serve. We eat so that we can glorify and honor God. We're quick to be troubled at times by our earthly discomfort. And we're quickly inclined to say, what quality of life would I have? For instance, if I couldn't eat, if I was just on tubes and I was just fed, that my life could be sustained. What kind of quality of life would I have? But beloved, for the child of God, there's a way more important significance, and that is, my God is Jehovah. I seek his kingdom. I seek to glorify his name. I desire to submit to his will and to walk humbly before him in thankfulness. And therefore, I need bread so that I can be busy in the work to which he calls me in his kingdom so that I can walk in thankfulness to him. In that sense, we need bread for the same reason the slaves needed it. Without bread, they couldn't serve their master. Now we realize that in America especially, slavery was 
tremendously abused and horrible things are true about slavery and it's not commendable but slavery does give us as the Bible itself sets very good pictures of our relationship to Jehovah God we are slaves of one who is a perfect Lord and one who directs our life in a perfect manner and as the one who is our Lord now we desire to serve him we desire to pursue his will how can we do that without having the means necessary for us to live and so we need bread to live so that we can be busy then in the service of our God and our Lord now we also recognize that we need more than just the bread we need God's blessing and that's the point too of the catechism neither our care nor industry nor even thy gifts can profit us without thy blessing if we don't have God's blessing all is in vain and this comes down to the point that we need the wonder of salvation we need God's work of grace in our hearts we need God giving to us to know and to believe that as his children all these good things are from his hand and that we can be thankful for them we don't serve God because he's an angry cruel master and we're scared of him we don't serve God out of fear and anxiety because he lays on us a burden and now we're scared and so out of anxiety we serve we serve God out of joy and thankfulness for what God has done for us and knowing that joy knowing that thankfulness we now delight in his kingdom that's the blessing that's necessary knowing that he's adopted us into his family and taken us as his children God's covenant people need food and bread to be faithful servants so long as we live on this earth this petition is necessary we need food we need drink but we need also his blessing and we understand that what good does food do for sick if we're sick and we can't take anything in or we can't hold anything down we recoil at the sight of food that food is not going to help us one bit we understand that all the food in our pantry our freezer is worthless if the freezer goes bad and all spoils before we have opportunity to notice we may have a whole closet full of clothes but what good are they if they don't fit us the physical things themselves are not enough we need God's blessing remember Jesus words to the devil when the devil tempted him to turn that stone into bread man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God God teaches us that that which is necessary is not just the bread but the bread to live in obedience to God the bread to serve God the bread will benefit us only in terms of God's blessing and strengthening us by it in the service of his glory bread will not benefit us if we don't know God as our father if we don't know Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior if we're not living in humble submission to him that bread is not going to be of any benefit it's going to serve our further destruction the wicked unregenerate man eats bread it provides him with no blessing it furthers his destruction as he's not thankful he doesn't appreciate that bread he doesn't receive it with joy he takes for granted that which he has and uses it in his own service by the wonder of regeneration God gives us a life that's from above 
And that life that's from above now delights in the service of our God. And we desire to serve Christ as our word. That daily bread is that which strengthens us in the service of our King. And that which causes us to light in the things that he has set forth. And we confess the wonder of it. He said on the cross, I thirst. So that we could never be thirsty again. So that he would provide us with living water. He suffered, he struggled while on earth in order that he could restore to us the right to those things by his perfect righteousness. And though we sinned in Adam and we have no right to any good thing, in Christ now, that right is established. And in Christ, we're able to know and experience that blessing. The second miracle that we looked at here at the end of chapter 4 emphasized that needs for God's blessing. It did so in this way. Remember, they had food. They were able to find gourds. They shredded them. They put them in the pot. But then there was death in the pot. And we don't know what that constituted. It would seem as though there was something that they could sense that was poisonous. And so what does Elisha say? He says, you don't just need the food. You need to have also God's blessing. And that was represented then in the meal that was placed in the pot. Elisha puts some meal in the pot. And just like that now, the death is gone. And now they're able to eat it for their nourishment and for their strengthening. God teaches us through this petition our total dependence upon him. We must receive what we have from God and we must thank him for it. God's a source of every good gift. We know that. All that we have comes from God and comes from his hand. This is a petition that the wealthy pray as well as the impoverished. Some people know where their next meal is coming from. Other people don't know where that meal is coming from. If it was a matter of merely knowing where our next meal was coming from, some of us would never pray. We pray that God would provide us with the needs that we have so that we can glorify and honor him and experience his blessing. And we depend on him completely. And that's what we have to be reminded of as we take this petition on our lips. Give us this day our daily bread. We are entirely dependent upon God. We're not dependent on men. We're not dependent upon some other source. We're not dependent on our employer. We're dependent on God. We commit idolatry by thinking that Someone else will supply our need. And that's what the catechism gets at when it says, Therefore we withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it alone in thee. As soon as we start getting dependent on other things, we begin to sin against our God. The anti-Christian government will increasingly set itself up to satisfy and provide for all the needs of mankind touting themselves as the one to whom men then are to look and upon whom they are dependent. We can see the government doing that in our day, trying to usurp the things that belong to God and belong to his church and taking them on themselves. The government says, look, we will provide your needs. Just look to us. Now, this is not the role. This is not the job that God gives to the government. God calls the government to protect the citizens to punish evildoers, reward those that are righteous. But increasingly, the government tries to take on the responsibility of being dependent for all of our physical needs. 
Now there's no doubt that we can confess with thanksgiving the role of the government in assisting us in that way. We know God is sovereign over all. We know that God also makes use of various means, including the government at times, to provide us with what we stand in need of. But careful we must be not to become dependent on the government. The tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Proverbs 12, verse 10. No government can do what God alone does, and that is bless. Not just give those things, but give them with his blessing. And so Jesus teaches us our utter dependence on God every single day, repeatedly in our homes. We sit down and we look to God in prayer. It's not fate by which God has appointed our daily need. Our daily need is that which God has measured is necessary for us today. And he knows what we need today. He knows what we need tomorrow. And we confess that. He knows when to send trials, when to send afflictions. We think perhaps we don't have enough for today. God assures us, I have provided. And tomorrow when you wake up, I'll give you what you need for tomorrow. We pray for provision for today. We don't pray for a full pantry. We don't pray to not have to worry about anything for a long time in advance. And again, beloved, that's humbling and embarrassing at times. Give us this day our daily bread. Sometimes we need to experience hardship in order to pray this petition more readily. And that's why God does send, at times in our lives, difficulties. Sometimes God has to take away our jobs. God has to send added expenses. God has to make it so that our lives are disrupted. So that we're reminded to pray this petition more fervently. This is why the widow woman in this passage that we read has a creditor. We could say this is so cruel. Why would God put this creditor who's even threatening to take her sons? God did that in order to teach her to look to God to supply her need. And what did that move her to do? It moved her to go to Elisha in order to pursue help. Elisha represented God here in this history. Why did God send famine? so that even the sons of the prophets could not find food to eat. God did that in order to teach them, look to me, you need to depend on me. I'm the one who will provide. So quickly and easily we get hardened. We don't depend on God like we ought. And we're thankful then for the spiritual lessons that God teaches us. Patience in adversity, thankfulness in prosperity. God's not teaching these lessons to the ungodly. These are lessons that God is teaching his children. The wicked don't depend on God. Though they know that God is God, they know they ought be worshiping him. They don't depend on him. And God doesn't test their faith through trials. They ignore it. And God leads them. And leaves them in their denial. When they experience loss... They're just confirmed in their own mind of their denial there is no God. And they continue in their rebellion. But with regard to God's children, it's different. We are entirely dependent upon God. We say that, but do we live it? We say the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Do we mean it? Do we remember every day our complete dependence on God? That if God does not provide for me today, 
all is going to be in vain. And then when I am provided, do I express my thankfulness to him, acknowledging it wasn't by my wisdom and my ability. This was God's good gift by which God has provided for me. And then to be thankful that God uses trials to remind us in our sickness, in our pain, in our loss, we are entirely dependent on God. And we live in that spirit. How do we show that? And how do we confess that to be the truth in our lives? With this prayer, in part, give us this day our daily bread. The widow showed it here by going to Elisha. The sons of the prophet showed it by going to Elisha. The widows and the sons of the prophets here didn't go to Elisha because they were not depending on God. They went to Elisha precisely because they were looking to God. Elisha represented God. And they went to the prophet because the prophet was the one who stood on God's behalf. And they acknowledged then their dependence upon God. We confess our utterly de- utter dependence on God by praying. But we also do it by going to the church then when we need help. Just as the widow and the prophets went to Elisha, we go to the deacons. God has appointed the deacons as representatives of Christ to assist us. And when we're not able to meet our needs, we go to them, assured that God will provide us through them. And we're showing then a right spirit. We're showing our complete dependence upon God. We look to Him. It's not a matter of swallowing one's pride. Do you think that the widow, do you think that the sons of the prophets had to swallow their pride to go to Elisha? We don't swallow our pride to pray this petition, give us this day our daily bread. We acknowledge we are nothing. We are powerless. We are entirely dependent upon our Heavenly Father. He alone is able to grant us what we need. God says, don't put your confidence in men. Don't put your confidence in medicines. Don't put your confidence in the things of this world. Look to me. Don't put your confidence in the government. Don't put your confidence in the employer and the economy. Put your confidence in me and be assured that I will supply your every need. As children of our Heavenly Father, we look to Him and we do so in thankfulness, confessing the glorious truth of providence that our Heavenly Father, who loved us with an everlasting love and gave His own Son in our place, will not withhold from us any good thing, but He will grant us everything that we need as we go down life's pathway. He's dealing with us in love. He's working all things together for good, for those that love Him, who are the called according to His purpose. And how lovely, how precious that truth of providence comes to us as we live our pilgrimage here below and as we acknowledge again and again our complete dependence upon Him. He cares for me. He knows what I need. He knows what my family needs. And He's the one who will satisfy all our needs. In Christ Jesus, in love. We pray this petition, beloved, confident that we will be heard. That comes out here in the wording that Jesus teaches us. First of all, we ask, how can we have that confidence? That confidence, again, is based on the fact that God has adopted us to be his children and that he's pledged his covenant faithfulness toward us. He will care for his own and he will grant us everything that we need. Now, there's a limit. God doesn't promise everything we want. He promises everything that we need. 
And God is so directing and guiding our lives that he's preparing us for the glory that awaits. He knows precisely when that day is. Our days are numbered. He knows some of us only need sustenance for two or three years, and then he takes us to glory. Some 15, 18, 21, 30, some 90, 100 years. God ordaining all things according to his perfect counsel and plan. And we submit to his promise and to his word. All three of the miracles that are laid out here in 2 Kings 4 are instances of God's faithfulness to his promise. If you think of famine, what was famine? What were famines? Famines were always an expression of God's judgment. God said, if you're not going to worship me and you're not going to acknowledge me, I'm not going to send rain. I'm going to withhold that rain. But now in the midst of that famine, we still see God's love for his church and his children. God's still providing for those sons of the prophets in the midst of the famine. There are others whose needs are not being supplied. The widow, the sons of the prophets, God is supplying their needs. He's looking out for those who are his own. Remember the faithful prophets that Obadiah hid in a cave during the time of Ahab. God saw to it that during that time of famine and hardship, those faithful prophets were provided for. We pray this petition for Christ's sake. And our confidence is God's faithfulness to his covenant promise. God has pledged to be a God unto us and to our seed. God has pledged to care for us and to provide our every need. And we pray this petition then based on that faithful promise of our God. We pray this petition based on the cross. God gives us a Savior. And if we just think about the significance and the wonder of that, God talked to Adam and Eve. And Adam knew that he had a right to food in the garden. God gave him a right to all of the food that was in the garden with the exception just of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam knew that he was righteous before God and he had a right to that food and God gave him a right to the tree of life. But then Adam fell. And what happened as a result of the fall? As a result of the fall, he was neither friend or servant of God any longer. He knew he had no right to anything in the garden any longer. He was in essence deposed from his position. With all the human race, he lost his right to food, clothing, shelter, anything. But then God, in a wonder of grace, promised the coming of the seed of the woman. And through Jesus Christ, God restored that covenant, established it. And in Jesus Christ, we have a right to those spiritual blessings. God says, you have a right to your daily bread. Through Jesus Christ and through the wonder of what he has done for you and adopting and taking you into my family now, you have a right to that which you need as you walk down life's pathway. I want and I will keep covenant with you. And we pray for our daily bread then in connection with that consciousness. Christ earned it for me. And I desire to maintain covenant with God, to be faithful to the commands the thankfulness that I owe unto him. And so we take it and we use it in his service. What a wonder that God restores us in communion and fellowship with himself and enables us again to use these good gifts in the service of our great and glorious king. That confidence is seen in our use of this word. Give us this day. Give. 
Doesn't that come across as startling? That we come into the presence of God and we say, give? We would be inclined to more beg, perhaps. Make it a bit more humble. But Jesus says, this is how you're to pray. Come into the presence of my heavenly Father and you can take this word on your lips. Give us this day. In other words, it's God's will to provide. And therefore, come now and come with boldness and expect that prayer to be answered because you're coming into the presence of your heavenly Father who is in heaven, who loves you, who knows your needs, who's able and willing to provide you with everything that's necessary as you walk down life's pathway. Now he may use various means, perhaps even means outside of our expectation, using the church and using the deacons. But most commonly, he makes use of work. He gives us employment. He enables us to be busy in the work that he calls us to. He gives us minds and bodies and gives us opportunities and in that way then provides our daily bread. If we're going to pray for God's blessing on our food and drink, it means then we're going to get busy and we're going to go to work. We're going to be diligent with the means and the time that God gives us. The child of God does not pray this prayer and then kick back in his recliner and expect somehow a truck's going to show up with some food and somehow God's miraculously going to drop it from heaven. The child of God prays this prayer and then goes to work. He leaves early at times, comes home late sometimes, but he knows that all things are in his Father's hand and that Jehovah God will grant his blessing upon that labor. He doesn't become proud in his accomplishments. At the end of the day, he's satisfied with what God has provided. And when he has excess, he distributes it to others, even as God requires and commands. Counting it a privilege, knowing that what we have isn't ours, we're mere stewards. And when our daily needs are met, we count it a privilege then to assist others with their needs. The sons of the prophets could have said, but there's a famine. Why would it even make sense for us to go look for something to put in the pot? Elisha says, put the pot on. And then he tells them, go get something to put on the pot. They could have said, how can we ever do that? There's nothing out there. We're never going to find anything. But what do they do? They go. And God directs and leads them to something to put in the pot. The widow woman might have thought, what good is it for me to go to all my neighbors and to ask for empty vessels? What a strange request. I don't have anything to put in them. But what does she do? Elisha comes and says to her, go to your neighbors. She goes. Her and her sons go knocking on doors. They collect all the vessels and they come home. Trust and believe. God says, I will provide. And that's the confidence, beloved, that God works in our hearts by his spirit. We have a God who has embraced us in love and taken us into covenant fellowship with himself. And he will provide us with that which is necessary, both in life and in death. He doesn't do miracles today like he did back then, but he answers prayers at times in ways that we would least expect it. And we can confess to that. And as we get older and we look back, we stand in awe how God provides a harvest even when there's so little rain. 
how God provides in this way or that way, even when there was so much hardship, or how I lost my job and God opened a door to something that was even far more fulfilling and provided my needs even more abundantly. The confidence, beloved, is that of one who withdraws it from creatures and places it on his heavenly Father alone. And with that spirit then, we go forward. Whether we eat or drink, whatsoever we do, we do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. And we look forward to the day when the curse of the sweat of the brow, the tears of our eyes, all the hard labor that's associated with getting the things that we need will completely, entirely be lifted. And we won't need them anymore as God takes us into glory and provides us to all eternity with everything necessary. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, we are humble. Thou hast provided in abundance. Keep us, Lord, from pride. Keep us from the pursuit of putting our confidence in the things of the flesh. And humble us that we might ever know and confess our complete dependence upon Thee and live in the conscious wonder that as servants of our Lord, we are provided for in abundance in order that we might thankfully serve and worship Thee. Amen.